Hello, welcome to Solo the Podcast, Episode 3. I am Spencer, your host, and I am joined today by a very special guest, and I will let him introduce himself. Go ahead. Hey guys, my name is Kian. I am one of Spencer's friends from college, and I am happy to be on the podcast. Hey guys, so Kian and I go go way, way back to my freshman year of college and his sophomore year of college. Uh, we lived together last year and the year before. Um, so we're, we're really good friends. We play video games together, like pretty much like multiple times a week, whenever we're free for the most part. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, he's gonna, uh, give us some of his insight into some of the topics that we've been talking about. We're also going to bring up some new stuff. Uh, but I do want to start with, uh, one of the meaty pieces from last week's episode, uh, the uh, recent update in Overwatch. Um, as we talked about last week. It, it Overwatch implemented some new rules uh, in regards to the payload and also the um, actually it's just all the it's all the game modes actually because they they they've uh, quote unquote fixed uh, the like capture the flag or capture the objective one as well. Um, Keen, what are you, what are your opinions? What do you what do you know about it? And what's your what are your what are your opinions on the on the change? So we're just we're just jumping right in here. We're just yeah. jumping right into the payload. <laughs> yeah, just jumping right into the payload. We know I, I know how you feel about the payload. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I think for the most part the update is is pretty good. Um, it 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 really is just the payload's the one thing I have a, the problem with now. But I think it did help to sort of balance out some of the other game modes. But it just um. From my understanding, it just changed some of the um, win conditions. Yeah, like for um, terms of for the one where you have the two objectives to capture, it's like if you capture the first one, um, but you don't capture the second one, you have a percentage captured. And if the second team captures the first one, but doesn't get at least thirty three percent on the second one, even if you only got like one percent or something like that, um, yeah. if they yeah. get 15%, it doesn't matter because they have to get at least 33% mm-hmm. in order to capture it, which you and I encountered uh, the other week, the reverse of that, you know, before they implemented the update, where they didn't touch the second objective, so all we had to do was literally get a person in there. Yeah. Which, or no, 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 that was... Um, no, that was... Um, or um, I may be thinking of a different game. It was the uh, payload that went to uh, overtime or secondary third round, whatever you want to oh, call it. We held oh, them off you're so then... right. You're so right. But I mean, you know, <laughs> and, and it was just, <laughs> we, all we had to do was get in there. Our yeah, Winston it was, just jumped over a no, building and yeah. landed in there. <laughs> yeah, Cause I had no idea what was going on at that point. I was trying to figure out why everyone was trying to jump over that building. And then I realized when Winston just jumped and two seconds later, we won. Yeah. That that was what that was. But you see, like, that seems fair to me. Like, that seems fair because you did more than the other team. So you won. You succeeded in doing more than the other team. Like, I don't like the whole, well, you still have to get to at least 33% because the the idea of beating someone is doing more than someone. So Mm -hmm. if the other team only got 3% on the second objective, if you get 4%, you've officially gotten more than them. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think I don't really know what the reason behind that change was. And I just, it's leading to 
these games lasting so much longer because then you have to go into the next, you know, the overtime or the additional rounds. And then you could encounter the same scenario where, you know, team one takes objective A, but they don't get to objective B. And, you know, team two takes objective A as well, and they can't get 33% on objective B. And, you know, it's just, that's dumb to me, especially on maps like um, Volskaya Industries, where you have that, you know, almost impenetrable second objective where you go into the building and it's just Oh, um, you're talking about uh, the Russian map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the second objective is so hard to take on that one. So I could see, I could foresee that if you have two solid teams, that just going Mm -hmm. on, you know, indefinitely because... Yeah, just back and forth for for quite a while. Yeah, you know, because that's just... Yeah. That's ridiculous. I, yeah, I sent you that um, that that one GIF that I saw. That was pretty much just a um, it was like in its ninth ninth round of a payload yeah. between two teams that just kept going back and forth. Um, yeah, it does. I think create a situation where the game can kind of last longer than it needs to. Um, I feel like there at some point needs to be a. In the terms of being able to break a tie where neither team's able to um, essentially take um, that final point or get a point up on the other team, um, instead of maybe the uh, the progress thing, if they don't want to do that, I feel like time needs, needs to be the um, deciding factor in most of those, which team was able to take or complete everything in the faster or least amount of time. I agree with that. And speaking of ties, this is the whole reason they implemented these changes was because, as we've seen, Overwatch very quickly developed um, a big competitive scene. And they're already doing, you know, like college championships, like college national level championships for this stuff. So what they were encountering was a lot of ties. And, you know, in a national competition, like, you don't you don't want to tie. Yeah, But at the same time, I feel like it's leading to more ties because you're making it harder for teams to win in, in, a, in, in, in an attempt to reduce the amount of ties. It seems counterproductive to me. You're, you're, yeah, it's, you're getting rid of maybe the few circumstances where you get a tie and then you're pretty much you're stretching it out until eventually someone comes out on top, yeah. regardless of however long that takes. Yeah, and it's. I think it's something that once they get feedback on, I think it's something that will probably end up being patched again to kind of cut down on that or implement some third factor to really just decide, um, be able to pretty much break the tie and end the continuous tug of war that mm-hmm. just spans rounds and rounds and rounds. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I hope that as well. But from what I've heard people are like jizzing their pants about these updates like they're like so happy that they're happening and i don't understand why you know it it seems like i was saying like it seems counterproductive it seems like you're taking away the one percent chance of a tie and instead making the game like never ending yeah i mean i can't see one uh positive to having the games go on longer it's just that eventually when it does end the amount of experience you get from true. just a single game or match is ridiculous true and especially with the uh length of time it takes you to get into a match you know you don't want the game that you waited 
10 minutes to get into to be over in 45 seconds. <laughs> or I don't know if, if I'm on the winning side in that 45 seconds, I'm going to feel pretty good about that. True, true, true. Was, those are the best games. <laughs> We're just like, wow, that was so easy. <laughs> and um, uh, not to change the topic or just sort of to touch on something that you had mentioned, um, pretty much the, uh, you mentioned some of the college teams for esports. If anyone hasn't um, heard about this, a lot of, or I should say one, two, maybe 10 or 13 um, actual colleges offer varsity esports programs. Yeah. And they're like offering scholarships for it now too. Like, cause they've had, you know, like obviously they've had the teams already, but they're offering like scholarships and that is fucking wild. Like we are living in the shit age for politics and human rights, but video games, the fucking golden age. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's it, like even someone who enjoys video games, this is still such a weird concept for me to get my mind around. The fact that a college institution would pay someone to come to their school to play video games is yeah. almost counterintuitive to me. But it's, I, it, mean, I, I, I think, I think it's good though, because I feel like we'll have a push from the campaign heavy video games that we have where you, you fall into the trap of, um, decreasing, you know, storytelling quality mm -hmm. and everything like we saw with mass effect this year um and you'll have a push for more games like overwatch and like pokemon because you know pokemon also has a huge competitive scene and like league of legends more more competitive based games and i think that that's great because it's in a sense funneling more money into games so we can get better quality games if that makes sense i don't know if i'm making sense with that i don't know if that uh, meant I think I kind of followed. I, I don't like the fact that if we have a competitive scene and they're making money outside of just the amount of units sold, like now they're, you know, like colleges are paying them to host tournaments. You know, you have the entrance fees, you know, all that kind of stuff. You have the revenue mm -hmm. they get from the actual tournament, you know, all the people coming and, uh, you know, a purchasing game so you have the the unit sales going up because more people are being exposed exposed to the game and then mm -hmm. b you have um you know people buying merchandise and people you know buying stuff related you know stuff from the companies at the at the tournament so you get increased revenue which is why i think the video game industry has become so lucrative recently because of um you know like, like twitch streaming and youtube you know, commentary, let's play is being, you know, seeing an increase is that, you know, then they're getting more exposure, they're making more money because of it. And so they're able to shit out better stuff. And I think that, you know, pushing more for esports will only bring positive change to video games and we'll get better quality shit faster than we would because they can afford it. Whereas earlier they were focusing just on unit sales and you know merchandise but no one really bought them you, you, yeah no one really bought the merchandise and they didn't have as much exposure because unless you played video games you didn't see video games if that makes sense 
Yeah. And I don't know about the whole exposure level that I guess esports would bring to people who are outside of playing video games. Um, it still seems like it's a very um, limited amount of people that it's reaching. It's people who are going to be interested in watching something like that. And it's going to be people who play those games who want to see um, or pretty much are going to tune in and watch those more competitive um, esports settings of those games. I don't think it's really going to reach out to anyone who doesn't play um, video games or at least that one video game in particular that I don't think is really going to draw them in or, or really give people exposure outside of that um, sort of group. And, and I agree with that. If they continue doing what they're doing right now, which is only Twitch streaming competitions, but mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Counter-Strike. They actually, oh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Like broadcast yeah. their stuff on like TBS and stuff. So like you have people just scrolling through, uh, you know, the, the, the channel listings. And even if they go, oh, wow, eSports, that's so dumb. And then they check it out just to laugh at it. There's the potential of, oh, wow, that's actually pretty cool. So if they move away from, you know, solely Twitch streaming the tournaments, which I get now is the most lucrative, you know, process because it's free pretty much you don't have to pay for Mm -hmm. streaming on twitch um you know if if they can get to getting it on cable television i feel like then the exposure will go up but i agree up until that point it is just going to be the people who are interested in video games because no one no one from you know mom mom pa down the street aren't going to go on twitch.tv and look up the overwatch championships you know but they might tune on or tune into tbs or abc you know, just to see what's up. Yeah. Did you ever watch any of the, uh, the counter-strike things? I didn't because I don't like counter-strike. It was, I watched a little bit. It was a whole lot of commentary, like just outside of the actual matches themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that really, it slowed it down too much. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. I feel like they try to, like I feel like you get because they I, try to I, have I, like a sports center esque yeah, yeah. thing, but it do, it doesn't flow well. Yeah, well, especially because like I, there's not that much to talk about really. Like, exactly. But I I agree. Like I noticed that um with like the Overwatch and League of Legends thing is that you had the game and then you had people talking while the game was going on, which I don't mind. I don't I don't mind that at all. But then after every game, you had a thirty minute period of Tommy, you know basically just smelling his own farts over how much he knows about League of Legends or, you know, or, you know, Overwatch. Like, well, I think he played that character really well, especially when he did this and this and this and that. And then, you know, I thought the other team could, you know, and it's just, it's just a big, like, who has the biggest dick contest of who knows the most about yeah. the fucking game. And it's like, I mean, right, I don't, well, let's get to the next round. Yeah, that's, I don't mind, you know, some like recapping, I don't mind some analysis of it. It's just, when it drags on too long yeah and i think for i think for that partly may just be because it takes time to set up each round mm-hmm. and it's really just them trying to fill dead space well and my answer to that is extend the the tournament you know what i mean well, I, I, and, yeah. I, and i know yeah. that that, yeah. that sounds super easy but like that's the reason like sports teams don't play you know back-to-back games in a day 
you know, like I understand giving them time to, you know, recover and, you know, set up the next thing, but like maybe only do one or two games a day, you know, and extend it and make it like an actual sport thing. Cause then I wouldn't mind 30 minutes of commentary because it would be the end, you know, it'd be like wrapping yeah, up for okay. the day I and s- then the show is over. And then the next day we come back and it's another round or another round or two and then 30 minutes of commentary, wrapping it up, and then we're done. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. I just feel like that would be, which I get right now, they probably can't do that because, again, they're renting out spaces. Yeah. They got to worry about you know, how much money they're spending on it versus how much they're getting back. But I feel like if they want this to be a successful industry, that needs to be their next move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of potential for growth, I feel like, with esports, but it's going to be sort of just how they play their cards. Yeah, it's all forward. really, it's all in the hands of the companies that are making their games and mm-hmm. how much they want to funnel into the competitive field. Because it seems that Blizzard is really getting behind this 100%. It seems like they're really pushing for a huge competitive scene. And it looks like we might, they might be the, the spearhead of that transition into a more, uh, you know, actual like ESPN esque thing. Mm-hmm. But it's going to depend again on well, if I they're mean, willing to really do that, and also if other companies are willing to put in the time and effort it's going to take to build it up to that. Uh, yeah, I think that's also a big thing. I mean, look at if you look at Blizzard's um track record with a lot of their games um especially uh stuff like starcraft which does have a fairly big um i don't know if they have like actual i'm, I'm sure they do an actual competitive um setup for that in a manner that's similar to uh overwatch mm-hmm. but i think they're a company that is very good about um following up on their games once they're released mm-hmm. and sort of expanding the longevity of those games either with um, uh, patches or DLC to add on to their games to keep them relevant and entertaining. Yeah. The um, the shelf life of those games seems to be pretty long. I mean, this is the company that, you know, does World of Warcraft, so. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, I guess the moral of this is that companies need to not dabble in esports and in the competitive field they either need to you know 100% it and put everything they have into it like Blizzard seems to be doing hopefully they can keep it up or they just need to not do it at all you know what I mean like it either needs to be a a what Blizzard's doing and they're backing it 100% and they're putting you know as many resources as they can into it or they need to just not do it there can't be a, oh, yeah, we'll kind of have a competitive field, but not really. You know, like, it's it's whatever. I can see from a company standpoint, we're going all in, um, in to make a competitive field out of your game, especially if it's something that that company has never really tried to do before. Mm-hmm. Would definitely discourage some companies from trying to take that risk 
and that's why I think like, in an all out. Yeah, I mean, and I could see some smaller, um, smaller just sort companies. of waiting into it every now and again. But yeah, I think you're not going to see some company just decide, okay, and we're all in now. And that's why I think we need the bigger companies like, you know, like Blizzard. And, you know, if we can get, um, you know, like Activision on there to, you know, start putting Call of Duty into the competitive field. And, you know, if if League can kind of step up their game a little bit and maybe do some not just Twitch streaming competitions, because League has had competitions for fucking forever. But you never mm-hmm. hear about them because they're only on Twitch and they're not advertise unless you're heavy in the league community you know if you're not heavy in that community you don't know about it like i i've i somewhat play league but i don't know when the league nationals are you know like i don't i don't know when that is because there's no sort of unless you're on the league of legends website or you're on some forum or your friend is going to nationals or is you know doing something with it you don't know about it and they need to they need to pick that up a little bit because they're one of the, in my opinion, one of the, you know, founders of competitive video games because they've had that competitive scene for so long. Yeah. So I feel like they need to step up and follow in Blizzard's footsteps and really go all in with that. And then if those two alone can sort of spearhead this i feel like that alone will increase the quality of the esports competitive scene and we'll see a big shift in what it's capable of and what how people view it and how it's treated i agree 100 percent. all right so uh, i I just i don't want to and i don't want to i don't want to pick a fight with you Mm -hmm. but you did you mentioned including Call of Duty in a competitive um, in the in a competitive scene. Uh huh. I'm I'm going to tell you right now that's not going to work. <laughs> Why? Because it's it's the way that a lot of the recent Call of Duties have been set up. It's just they're not good competitive games. Oh, I agree. I agree 100. Right now they're not, but I feel like they very easily could be. Because there uh, yeah, is such I, a big fan base that I feel like the second they decide, okay, we want to go competitive and we want to actually put some time and effort into our game and not just shit out a game every year like they've been doing, but they actually take a step back and you know develop a game like Overwatch. You know, if they were to develop a game of that quality, they have such a big fan base. And such a fan base that isn't just your typical like video game person. You know, they're like everyone plays Call of Duty. So if it suddenly became competitive, not only would more people probably participate in it, more people would watch it. That's true, but I feel like to get a game like Call of Duty up to like a in a competitive setting similar to Overwatch would require a pretty massive overhaul of the way the games have been playing out like it'd have to be almost like a a counter-strike level mm-hmm. um change and the fact that pretty much anyone who's going to p- play competitively like a first person shooter i feel like is already doing it with um with um counter-strike i agree, so I feel like that's almost I agree. A, um, it, it would be difficult but very i just feel like if they could that, do that's it that's already being filled yeah 
Yeah, yeah, I see that problem. That's a good point. But I mean, I just feel like that would just be so like fucking good for for esports because that would just propel them into you know relevance because you'd have Jerry who is a retired U.S. Navy SEAL who plays Call of Duty because he you know loves the Army or whatever. He'd be like, oh wow, I want to watch the world championships for this or whatever. You know, I just, I, I don't know if I'm overestimating that, but I just feel like it would, we'd see a big jump in participation. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would definitely draw people in. Um, speaking of Call of Duty, what do you think of their, um, the announcement for their new game? Um, I think it was predictable. I think uh, everyone saw that coming with the, um, steaming pile of dog shit that was Infinite Warfare <laughs> and the negative reactions people had towards it, especially countered or coupled with the immensely popular reactions and positive reactions of Battlefield One, you know, and Battlefield returning to World War One, um, which I don't think anyone mm-hmm. had done up until that point. So I think it was I think it was uh, obvious. I think it was um, predictable. I think they they panicked when people didn't like the fact that we were going to space, um, which uh, like fucking obviously. Um, so they were like, well then let's just go back to what we normally do because we've run out of stuff to do. You know, like they've 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 tired out the game series like honestly like they've they've tired it out Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's the problem with um putting out a new game every single year yep is that you're gonna eventually end up it's the same system essentially you're just putting a new skin on it exactly it's it's been the same game since advanced warfare the past three games have all been the same game With slightly different classes, slightly different maps, different characters, obviously, like they look different, and slightly different weapons. But they've all been mm-hmm. exactly the same game with exactly the same mechanics, exactly the same, you know, style. Like there's nothing new. And, you know, we saw that with Assassin's Creed, which where people got tired of it. You know, people got burnt out because it was like, why am I going to buy this game? That is literally the same thing as what I bought last year, but shittier because now the campaign sucks even more. You know, because I used to play Call of Duty for the campaign. I didn't really play multiplayer that much until mm-hmm. Modern Warfare 3 when it started. I, I mean, I played Modern Warfare multiplayer a little bit. I played World of War a little bit, but I didn't really start playing multiplayer a lot until Modern Warfare 3 where the campaign started to take a hit. Yeah once it's been on and it's it sort of ties back into um something you had mentioned earlier about the esports thing that once you start to focus more on the competitive side you start to really focus on the multiplayer that the campaign or the single player options within the games can either shrink or disappear completely mm-hmm. which i think is something that i personally wouldn't want to see I would very much enjoy um, games that still have a very strong um, single-player campaign experience in addition to 
a solid multiplayer. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I would like that as well. It just seems that... I don't know. It just seems that unless it's a... Like an RPG-style game, you know, like um, Mass Effect and like Skyrim and, and games of that sort... The story just isn't good anymore. You know, like, Battlefield 1 surprised me and had a very good campaign. But, like, you know, Call of Duty, I just expected yeah, to be I, trash I now. Was... Assassin's Creed, I expected to be trash now. It's just they don't seem to be trying anymore. They seem to just be coasting off of what they did. And also, it's the, you know, the curse of shitting it out every year because there's no way you can write a good game every year. No. They take time. No, no, no. And it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to fix that other than not putting a game out every year. But I can't fix bad writing. I mean, Fire your writers. I mean, I think it really is. You just, you need, it takes time to make a good game. So unless you want to have multiple teams working, you know, in parallel mm-hmm. that are in a staggered fashion so that they're, your company puts out one game a year but it, it takes time you can't just have one team working on it just i agree but i mean like rinse and repeat you, but yeah then you then you fall into or not fall into but then the the problem arises of okay you waited a couple of years but you still have bad writers because what did we see with mass effect this year what did we see with andromeda it took them four years to make that game but the storytelling is bad. And the dialogue is it? bad. No, but I've seen gameplay of it and the sto- and the, the dialogue is like terrible. I'll I'm I can't really comment too much. I played the um pretty much essentially the trial version of it mm-hmm. when it was out on the uh, EA play. Um the dialogue seemed okay. It was really more of a, at that time, just some of the uh, dialogue not, or the sort of the facial animations, which I think has always kind of been a, um, maybe one of the things that always kind of hangs over the Mass Effect series a little bit <laughs> has been the facial animations. I think it was a little bit more um, evident in Andromeda versus um, the original trilogy. But I don't think necessarily that from from my experience that the dialogue was you know game breakingly bad i also don't necessarily think the storytelling was bad i think they introduced just in the maybe seven hours of gameplay that i had game time i had with it some um they sort of planted some seeds from some stories that i feel like could have um sprouted out and been interesting especially as it sort of developed throughout the rest of the game but I, but then again, I, I haven't really had time to sit down and play the entire full game, so I don't know. From uh, from what I have personally seen, and just heard from uh, reviews and everything, uh, like you were saying, the facial animation animations were atrocious, uh, which they have patched some of that. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but the eyes were kind of terrifying. Um, that was a big issue. And they all yeah. they did was go in and, and they just added some shading to the eyeball. And it looks so much better. 
Yeah, it, it really is. It really was the eyes. It was the eyes, and for some reason, they put makeup on some of the characters, and no one at any point in the development of that game was like, hmm, this makes you look like a clown. <laughs> this is fine. And then, like, the mouth movements also just seemed unnatural and, like, terrifying, um, which they haven't fixed yet, but I guess they're working on it. But from what I've seen and from what I've heard from people, it just seemed like the dialogue just was dry and just really stale, and the storytelling, the pacing just wasn't good. Um, I don't... I personally don't have any knowledge of the storytelling other than um from what i've heard but i i heard some of the dialogue while i was watching the like facial animations and stuff to see how bad it was and from what i heard the dialogue just did not sound good like it just sounded like like a 15 year old high school student you know writing a an essay for his english class wrote it as a extra credit assignment and then Bioware took it on as a script for their game. I mean, there were definitely moments like that when I was playing through the um, the trial version of it. A couple lines would kind of break the immersion for me a little bit. I'd be like, okay, wait, what? That did flow right. Um, and it's kind of a shame to see sort of how the Andromeda reviews have kind of panned out for it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I absolutely love the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to love Andromeda. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> but, and I mean, I don't know. I I still haven't sat down with the full game. So I'm, I'm sort of rating to for my opinion based on that Mm -hmm. I just I I don't want to buy the full game like I don't want to spend $60 on a game that's not finished you know Mm -hmm. I'm gonna wait for the price cut and for them to finish patching it and then I'll then I'll buy it but yeah well this is I mean remember it's a it's an EA game so you can expect at least three things of DLC to come out for it at some point (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's I mean that's not a joke that is yeah I know that's just the truth um, I was gonna wait until they started to drop some of the DLC for it mm-hmm. and sort of get a better idea of how that um, plays into the game mm-hmm. along with also the price drop yeah because going off of the going on to the DLC tangent I hate what game companies have been doing in recent years where you have like the the destiny effect where you have a game that you paid $60 for and it's not the full game. You have to, you have to buy the DLC in order to get the full game. I'm perfectly fine with DLC that you like what fallout four did where you had the DLC, but if you didn't get the DLC, you had a full game, you know, it's the, having DLC that then gives you the full game on top of a $60 game. That just seems stupid to me. Is, Why make it $60? It's ridiculous. Or wait, no, no, sorry, did you, you meant paying the $60 and then on top of that having to pay another 60 or so for the DLC? Yeah, yeah, like like what Destiny did where they gave you a $60 game and then you finished the game 
and it wasn't the full game, and you had to get DLC to find out what the ending was. You had to get DLC to find out who characters were because they would introduce a character, and then you wouldn't see the character ever again unless you got the DLC. Then you found out who they were, and they were kind of important to the plot. I mean, that's sort of just how um, MMORPGs work in general at some point. But, I mean, that's just... I, like I was, what I was saying was, I'm fine with that. If it's what Fallout did, where you have a full sixty dollar game, and it's complete from start to finish, and then they gave you DLC to add on, you know, like you had DLC that extended the life of the game and gave you more to do. But if you didn't get it, you got the whole plot. Yeah, they they don't try to hide anything behind. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I, nothing, I there's nothing to where, like, if you just buy this $60 game, you're not getting the full story. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, make it additional content. Don't make it part of the game. Or if you make it part of the game and you want to do, like, a post-release, you know, oh, there's more, you know, or find out what happens next with the DLC, don't make it a $60 game. Make it 40 Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? What is, yeah. what is your opinion on that? Yeah, no, again, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of companies have become very DLC happy mm-hmm. in that they pretty much they make a game and then sort of from what they have, it almost seems like they're cut out certain segments in order to make them DLC. Sort of drive people to ensure that they buy it so they can make a little bit of extra money off of people. Mm-hmm. Um. And I mean, you you use Fallout for your example, but a game that I would say does a very good job of giving you a full game and then sort of using DLC to just sort of build on that experience um, would be uh, the Third Witcher. Okay, I um, haven't played yeah. that, but I I would highly recommend it. <laughs> I've heard it's I've... incredible. I just I haven't gotten around to dropping the money on it. Um. So what I did, I think I. And this is like honestly, this is the thing that blows me away. Um, I went on to Walmart. Um, I think just uh, the, the online Walmart. I was just looking around trying to find a cheaper, um, pretty much to see who had the Witcher three for the cheapest. Mm-hmm. And um, I went on to Walmart and had it, and then I realized they were selling the um, the complete version, so the Game of the Year edition. Um, so that includes like the two things of DLC that they've put out for the game for what was essentially I think forty dollars. Wow. That's that's a deal. I might actually I might actually pick that up because that's Yeah, no, it was it was a crazy good deal. So it came with all of the DLC? Yeah, it came with everything. Wow. That's fucking insane. And so I've Put maybe I've put I think definitely like maybe 25 hours into the game so far and I haven't even touched the DLC yet it's it, it it's a huge game just in it in of like itself that you you could almost argue like they didn't need to do anything to really expand the game at all they weren't obligated to really give you anything else but they did twice see that's that's what I like. That's what I like. Not the 
you actually described it perfectly when you were talking about it. Not the, it seems like they made a full game and then cut out pieces of it for DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where I have the issue. But that's cool that The Witcher's like so big and they still give you DLC for it. That's that's awesome. And then they packed yeah, it um, for you. Like, CD Projekt Red Case, the, uh, the company that makes it, um, they're definitely a company that if they put out something, it's worth taking a look at because mm-hmm. they're uh, they're sort of out of the mainstream and they sort of go against um, sort of the other business practices that other gaming companies we use when it comes to pushing out DLC, well, which we, is always refreshing to see. We need that because it seems like every company now is turning towards the turning towards DLC in some sense and a lot of them are going towards the what we were talking about with the having the full game and then cutting out pieces of it as DLC mm-hmm. so hopefully they can kind of spearhead a push against that and we can still have complete video games with additional content not required content yeah and uh, Spencer I just checked for you that price for the Witcher 3 the complete edition still stands at Walmart just, it's still forty dollars. Uh, throwing that out there. I'm probably. I'm, I might actually right go now. pick that up like sometime soon. Whenever I can get some money, I might go pick that because yep. I've been. I've Gert been wanting Price to play is. it for a while. I just haven't. I never got around to to buying it. You know. Yeah. Oh, actually, Spencer, I I lied. I lied to you. Uh, for Xbox One, Witcher Three Complete Edition, thirty-one fifty-two. Oh. If Even you if you if you have a PS4, it is forty eighty five. If you have an Xbox One, you save about nine dollars. Well, that's because PS4 sucks dick. <laughs> so yeah, anyone listening to this, Xbox One Complete Edition, Witcher Three Wild Hunt, Marmar, they're not paying me to say this. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Sponsored. <laughs> Uh, my name is Kian, and I am sponsored by Walmart. <laughs> my name's Kian. Please shop at Walmart. <laughs> Not because they're asking me to tell you that, but because I want you to. Please, I am yeah. my family. <laughs> I just, I, I really support not paying people for rages for working 50 hours a week. Um, <laughs> I just love so crushing atmospheres and, you know, just walking into a store and knowing that just literally the everyone there hates their life right in there with me <laughs> walmart america store <laughs> it just encapsul- encapsulates all of america it's just how we all feel wrapped up into a store <laughs> god damn it so for walmart, the last you should topic, feel bad but the prices keep coming you keep bringing you back <laughs> Well, yeah, because they're, they're, they get the lowest price, and I'm just like, well, I mean, they suck, yeah. but they have the lowest price. Like, step up your game, Target, and maybe I'll come to your store. <laughs> they have the lowest price because they treat their employees the worst. That's, that is it. That is the only reason why. <laughs> they have the lowest price because they can afford to pay the difference because they don't pay their workers. They have free labor. So they can... <laughs> And we pass the savings on to you. <laughs> you just see a 
all their workers in the commercial like cowering in the corner <laughs> crying over one piece of bread that they've been given that's their salary now <laughs> oh, oh my boy. god okay so transitioning into the, oh. the last topic that i want to uh talk about tonight all right um what what is your opinion on console exclusive games exclusive games ah that's a tough one um so i'm actually i'm trying to think of some games that are exclusive now Okay, so uh, you got the Halo series, which I'm fine with that because it's actually developed by Microsoft. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. But um, the new Persona game, Persona 5, is exclusive for the PS4. Um, Street Fighter, the newest Street Fighter game, was mm-hmm. exclusive for the PS4. Um I'm trying to think of Xbox games that are exclusive to Xbox, but I can't really think of any because I don't think there are many. But my opinion is it's ridiculous unless you're the company that produced it, like Halo. Because, you know, Microsoft Studios helped produce that 100% own that shit. But Mm -hmm. why are companies... Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. It makes sense because, like, they want to maximize their revenue and it's their shit. Like, they put their soul into that and they have competitors so like uh, uh, absolutely but games like persona mm-hmm. 5 and like street fighter that are produced by you know third party company third party in parentheses because they're big ass companies but they are they're, they're not sony or or microsoft why would you a limit yourself to one console because you know you're losing you're losing potential customers and then B, why would you want to do it? Because you're losing potential customers. Like, it's so frustrating. Yeah. I, okay. So I, I've I've gone online and I have looked up. Um. I've looked up pretty much an, an Xbox One exclusive list. Mm-hmm. For the most part, it's it is mostly just Microsoft games. Um. Titanfall is one that is exclusive to the Xbox or at least was um console yeah in addition to PC mm-hmm. so just not PS4 mm-hmm. but it really just seems like it's just a bunch of Microsoft games that they've developed and have just kind of hoarded from themselves and again, like like we both said, I'm perfectly fine with that because again, you know they, um, they developed the game, so they should have the rights to that. But I'm looking at the um, the PlayStation exclusive list, and the big ones that I'm seeing are that Horizon Zero Dawn game that looked super nice, where they're like um, attacking like yeah. the giant mechanical dinosaurs with like bow and arrows and shit. Uh-huh. Um, cause that game looked incredible and I wanted to get it. And then, then I found out it was available only for PS4 and I was like, well, fuck, I guess I can't get that. Um, you've got the, uh, Persona 5 game, which I've never played a Persona game, but I saw the gameplay trailer for it. And I was like, again, you know, I was like, that game looks really good. Like I want to play it. And so I went on GameStop or whatever to like look for it to see how much it was. And, um, 
mm-hmm. you know, see if I could get my hands on it. And I found out it was only available for the PS4, and I was like, that's so stupid. Like, I could have been a new potential customer and, you know, a new potential fan of the series, and instead they've completely alienated me from it because I don't have a PlayStation 4, and I'm not going to go buy out, go out and buy a PlayStation. Like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um, they have God of War, which I've never played because... I've only owned one Sony uh, game system, and that was PS2. Uh, this is a weirdly formatted list, so it's hard for me to read it. Um, yeah, I can't. I'm not seeing any other big ones that I really recognize. But honestly, like those three alone are enough to like make me irritated because I would like to play those games and I can't because I'm not going to go out and buy a PS4 for them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get, I don't get what the, what the thought process is behind that. I mean, I think it, it's pretty much they cut a deal with the, whatever company owns that console with the idea of being that whatever or however much the um, console company will pay them, it essentially, by having those exclusives, if someone's making a decision between Xbox One and PS4, they would choose the one that has um, either the mo- most exclusive games or games that exclusive that interest them the most. The idea that it would drive them to choosing that one console versus the other yeah. one, the competitive one. I don't know. I just miss the days where... Well, actually, no, they've always had exclusives. I was about to say I missed the days where things weren't exclusive, but you've, you've always had exclusive. It just seems like it's getting worse. It seems like originally it was because, you know, like you had cartridges. So, you know, obviously things were shaped differently, so you couldn't mix match. You know, like Atari was different than Nintendo and Sega. So you had that competition, but it was just because... They developed the system differently, but now they're all discs. Everything's done, you know, on a on a CD. So mm-hmm. why not just make it universal? Your your guess is as good as mine. It's just I don't know. That's and, just something that that ruffles my feathers. And you know what? While we're while we're on this subject about uh exclusive, we we've really we've limited this to Xbox One, PS4, Microsoft, Sony. Um, Nintendo has not been mentioned. True. That's because Nintendo <laughs> Which, doesn't have that many good game series. Let's be honest. You've got Pokemon. Um, I'm actually not a big fan of Mario. I like the Mario side games. Or I used to. I like Mario Kart. Mario Kart's always good. Um, uh, Mario, Mario Party Kart, hasn't really Mario been Party. good since Mario Party 2. The games um, have just consistently gone downhill. Smash Bros. is cool. Um, Legend of Zelda. Zelda. But for me, that's that's like it. I'm trying to think of another Nintendo series that I play. Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem, yes. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. If they put out six games, pretty much filling in the gaps, listening to those six games, I would buy a 
Nintendo console to play all six of those. True, and I mean, and that that exactly that reinforces what you said, which is where like you know you have this console exclusive game, so you buy the console. Like, I want to buy a Switch so I can play the new Zelda game because you can't play it anywhere else, and they 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 handcuff you to where if you want to play this game, you have to go buy our new system. Oh well, because I'm not gonna buy that shit on the Wii U. I'm 100% not buying Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. Fuck no. No, I just I just want to say to anyone listening, if you if you brought Breath of the Wild for the Wii U, I do not respect you as yeah, a person. No, you're a hot piece of trash. I, I need you. You've made it pretty much all the way through this podcast. I'm going to need you to just turn it off right now and just know that I don't respect you. Because <laughs> seriously, like, why, why, would, why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? That game looks gorgeous. Why would you not play it in the best way you can i just i'm trying to come up with an apt metaphor for it but i just can't i can't quite get it it's like buying Something. buying secondhand health care or buying health care from the shady dude down the street like yeah it works but does it work as well as it could i don't know if that works or not <laughs> nikki's shaking her head no it's like it's like going out going out to a nice restaurant and then ordering a cheeseburger you're just yeah yeah nikki said it's like gas station not, sushi gas station sushi <laughs> you know we're like it's not terrible but it's not the best you know no it's not it's not sushi king or any other sushi place it's just why would you do it? Why would why it's, would you do that? Just go it's your get, friends. Your friends keep telling you you're, you're gonna go, you're, you're gonna go out and you're gonna get sushi. You put on your nicest sushi eating outfit. You know you wait all day. You don't eat anything because you wanna. You just wanna be ready for the sushi as it enters your body. Your friend picks you up. You're all excited and you drive down the street to the gas station and you get gas station sushi. <laughs> Kian, that was the best. <laughs> Holy shit. You, I tried. Up until getting to the gas station, you just described, like, all of us going to get sushi. <laughs> I know. I, I paid attention the last couple of years. <laughs> I know what's up. Putting on our best sushi attire. We haven't eaten in two days because we've been fasting <laughs> for sushi. <laughs> I mean, no, if you're going to spend $20 for sushi, you, you better get your money's worth. Exactly. And it's all you can eat. So you got to eat all you can eat until you're about to actually vomit. <laughs> until they ask you to leave <laughs> you have to do everything you can god i need sushi now i, I want sushi <laughs> it's it's in my head now thank you all right well uh, that is going... that message brought to you by sushi king <laughs> again another spo- can sponsored by everybody <laughs> I just they sponsor me like as a person. I don't even do really anything for them. I just get paid when I mention Walmart and Sushi King. Kian Kian doesn't even like sushi. I don't. I I don't eat it. <laughs> but they sponsor you because they know how good you are getting their brand out there. Because they respect me for standing <laughs> by my beliefs. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to wrap up this episode of Solo the Podcast. Uh, I do want to thank Kian for being our special guest. Hopefully, we can get him back on the show. Uh, but thanks for coming out, bud. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, anytime. This was fun. Happy to help. 
Alright, so this episode will be going up uh, either Thursday or Friday, and then uh, next week it will be Thursday or Friday as well. Uh, but I do want to thank you all for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and follow me on SoundCloud, where you are listening to this more than likely. Um, check out the website in the description. Uh, my Patreon is also in the description as well, along with my Twitter, I believe, and my Instagram. So everything's on there. You can follow me on literally everything. So stalk me all you want. Uh, but thank you all, and I will see you all next week.